Hey guys, it's the Andrew Bello from the Humming Media Group Podcast of the Year, the Wednesday Locker Room, and the former host and founder of the Next Level Wrestling Podcast. It's 2021, and it's time to kick out and leave the past behind us. Hameen Media Group starts the year off with over 2.25 million downloads, and our fan base is continuing to grow every day. Thank you for subscribing and sharing all of our channels, podcasts, and videos, and for standing strong with HMG in the face of ongoing censorship. We will always adapt and overcome any obstacles put in our way. We will overcome and certainly achieve even more success in the ever-changing digital landscape. Please make sure you're subscribed to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you to all of the Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group subscribers, home of the Rip Rogers FR podcast, named by Patreons to be their favorite show on the entire Hameen Media Group network. More content, including marketing and podcasting seminars, watch-alongs from Hameen's career in 2CW, OVW, DCW, and more. When you subscribe to Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group, you are the fuel that drives HMG's free shows for the entire community. We salute you and thank you for your continued support in 2021. We continue our year supported by our daily listeners and our local sponsors, including ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the shirts of all your favorite Hameen Media Group wrestling personalities and support them directly. Greek God Papadon, Stevie Richards, Chris Silvio, SEG shirts for Big Sal, and of course, Finamine, Yala. Also, check out ZordosOliveOil.com. Make a healthy choice for 2021 when you cook with Zordos Ultra Premium Artisanal Olive Oil imported directly from Greece. Visit ZordosOliveOil.com today and taste the difference of an ultra premium product for yourself. And wake up, bro. It's time to get the official Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Kick the day off right, bro, with a cup of Broaster's Coffee. The exclusive limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee is a medium-roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that will have you up and ready to go, bro. Order yours exclusively at thebroasters.com. And it's 2021, and the Hameen Media Group staff are all committed to Stevie Richards Fitness this year and getting ourselves into the best shape we've ever been in. You've seen Big Ray's amazing transformation, and there are plenty of SRF members interacting right now, motivating each other for the new year. So don't worry about gyms and lockdowns. Let's get in shape together, using our community for support and Stevie Richards Fitness to achieve our goals for 2021. Join us and visit StevieRichardsFitness.com for the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at stevierichards.com and russobrand.com where the pros are pros bro hear the most valid opinions in wrestling from the pros who live it no other podcasting platform and online wrestling punditry has the lineup of wrestling stars like russobrand.com stevie richards disco inferno shane douglas just incredible Big Vito, Stevie Ray, Taylor Hendricks, Ben Hameen, and now there's even more shows on the way with a partnership with the two-man power trip. Why would you go anywhere else but RussoBrand.com? We thank you for listening and being an incredible community of wrestling-addicted, conspiracy-minded, straight-brim hat-wearing infidels. By the way, Ben Hameen wrote this copy, and I'm currently in a basement being held at gunpoint. He's already shot Adler's twice, and I hope this is the correct style of intro he was looking for. So enjoy the show, HMG listeners. Please, for the love of Stevie, enjoy the show. Welcome to RTW Rewind. Red Rob will take you on a journey through time to relive some of the greatest moments, matches, and personalities from the sport of professional wrestling. Now, here's your host of the show. Red Rob, Rob Francois. Hey guys, welcome back to RTW Rewind. I have a very special returning guest with me now. He was on with me last year. He is a former WWF wrestler. Well, I mean, he pretty much hit the whole entire circuit. Uh, he was one half of the Killer Bees with Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. 
He is the president of the Cauliflower Alley Club. It is the one and only my good friend, Mr. B. Brian Blair. B, how's it going, buddy? Good, Rob. Great to be on with you again. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, as, you. We were, as we were talking off air, you said you were super, super busy. What do you, what do you all, what all you got going on right now, bud? Oh, I got real estate going on. I have TV production going on. I have uh, uh, the Cauliflower Alley Club is so time consuming. And, and now with COVID, you know, so many guys are hurting. That, yeah. And, you know, Pat Patterson, who created the Royal Rumble, um, I spoke with him uh, about a month before he passed. The dementia was starting to get to him where he couldn't carry on a really hmm. – cohesive conversation so anyway um at least i got to speak to him a lot during his uh good final days and you know i'll never forget him creating the royal rumble and i was right there and was in the first one and uh, it was a beautiful thing uh people really got into it um and pat was a bright mind but besides uh you know pat there's so many other needy people that uh for example i was on the phone with art Cruz for an hour he's got dementia and he's living in a home and um i got tony marino that lives up the street uh well about maybe a half a mile from me um uh, tony's doing good by the way and uh, um i you know i'm just all the time on the phone trying to pick people up and uh trying to help people out and that's what it's all about. And I know we, we briefly touched on the CAC last time, but I did want to get a little bit more into it. Um, plus, uh, plus, I have a book coming out. Uh, yes, it, and I do know, want to talk about that, yes. I'll tell you what, you know, I love the book. I, I promise you're going to like it. It's called Truth Be Told, Truth B-E-E Told. And, uh, you know, I've got uh, Bret Hart and Hulkster, Hulk Hogan have done uh, forwards, um, so... It's uh, it's a very interesting autobiography. I've had a very tough life that people don't know about, and they're gonna find out more things about B. Brian Blair than uh, maybe you wanted to know. But I just <laughs> felt like uh, I had to tell the truth. And plus, I've got another issue episode of Dark Side of the Ring coming up on the twenty seventh. So, you know, all I got so much stuff going on. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you ever when you get older, you know, you turn 64, you're supposed to be laid back, retired. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't uh, Ringo Starr write a song about that when I'm 64? So uh, I don't know, but I just say, Hey, I'm 64 and there's so much more. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Paradise. Um, do you have a release date for your book yet? Uh, we don't have an exact release date, but I would say it will be in the middle of March. Okay. Now I read your former tag team partner, uh, Jimmy Brunzel's book, Matlands, and that's a very, very good book. So I'm looking very forward good. to hearing to hearing a lot more of your stories too. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good book. Uh, you know, I was a, a politician and um, uh, started uh, when I got tired of uh, being on the road for so many days. I mean, I was just brutal with Vince. And um, uh, I just finally pulled Vince aside in Maryland and Salisbury and said, Vince, I, I can't take it no more. I, I need a break. Um, you know, I, I, maybe I'll go start a business or something, but I just have to have a break for a while. And he was so understanding. I mean, Vince has always been nice to me, very understanding with me. Um, and, um, you know, he, he's always had the problems with Jimmy and Jimmy doesn't like him and, <laughs> and he doesn't like Jimmy. And I don't, I can't do anything about that. So it kind of hurts the killer bees, but it is what it is. Um, but you can read about all that stuff in the book. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. And yes, um, Jimmy told me he's got, you know, issues with, with Vince and, uh, and the way he was treated. And, and then when I asked you about it last time we talked, you know, you said, no, no, everything's good with me and Vince. So uh, do you, do you, how do I put this? Do you want to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Would you accept the invitation if he wanted to put you and Jimmy in as a, as a tag team? Is that something that you would uh, you would like to do before it's all over? Absolutely. I mean, it would be a tremendous honor. I mean, it would be a privilege. And, um, you know, I was excited when they put uh, Jimmy and I in the Iowa Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, um, um, but, uh, you know, when you work for a company for seven or eight years, 
because I worked for his dad, you know, when Vince was still announcing, I worked for Vince Sr. on two different tours. And Vince Sr. actually sent me to Japan the first time in 1981. And, and he's the one that actually told me to be, be Brian Blair. He said, he, he, first he said, you know, I always hear the guys calling you Bieber or Beeper or something like that. He says, what does that mean? And so I went through the story. And uh, he said, well, B, he goes, um, you know, if I, I bet you if I go in the phone book right now, I won't find a B Brian Blair and I'll find 10 Brian Blairs. And I said, hey, you've got a great point, Mr. McMahon. I said, uh, let's, uh, let's just go with it. I've been called B or B Brian for so long. Um, it's just natural. And so the time that I, the third time I came in, I guess I was B Brian Blair or the second time I was B right. Brian uh how was vince senior to work for compared to junior uh, much easier yeah um you know vince jr is more of a very laser focused businessman whereas in your face kind of or right in front of everybody i mean he wants everybody to know the way this is the way it is if you don't like it you know you can hit the road and whereas uh, Vince Sr. had a much more calm demeanor, uh, of course, he knew where he was going, where he wanted to go. Uh, he was very honest, uh, very upfront. Uh, he made things uh, seem so easy, you know, to speak with him. It was always just a, a joy um, to have any amount of his time. Now, did you witness any of the relationship between him and his son, the way they kind of interacted with each other? How did they seem to get along? You know, everything I saw was great. I remember when uh, Senior was dying um, and Vince was, Junior was pushing him around in the wheelchair. And, uh, I have a very nice visual of them laughing together. And um, so, you know, nobody knows until you're in the room uh, or until you walked uh, a few moons in somebody's moccasins, as the old Indian proverb goes. But uh, uh, they seem like they got along wonderful. No, that's good because, I mean, we've all heard stories about Vince not Vince Jr. not growing up around his dad and, and meeting him as he got older. So I was always curious to see how, how the two got along when they worked together. Uh, obviously, you know, Sr. didn't want Jr. in the business, but, you know, starting out, I heard Vince Jr. did it all. You know, he put up the ring. He, you know, he worked in the office. He did commentary. He, he seemed to learn every facet of the business. Do you think Senior would have been proud of what uh, what Junior has created as a global, worldwide giant? You know, the greatest company in the world. How can he not be? I mean, yeah. I'm I'm sure that uh, he's smiling down from heaven on him and saying, "Wow, I, I never uh, I never thought that uh, you would make the company into what it's become." And um, I know that he would be very proud of uh, of Junior. Very very proud of Junior. There was a time when uh, he wouldn't even let junior around the boys you know it was like kayfabe whatever yeah. Junior came around so from going to that to where where it is now where you know i've been with them you know when we when in the when the tag team era hit in like 85 86 uh 87 those years uh things were very very hot and they kept escalating and escalating and I was there right up and till right before WrestleMania one. And then senior said, um, why don't you come back and work for the intercontinental title? And I said, uh, cause I was going to Florida and they were going to put the strap on me. Him and Eddie always talked, Eddie Graham. And uh, so that was kind of the plan at the time. And um, I had a great run in Florida and uh, made a lot of money. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, made a lot of people happy, which is the most important thing. And um, then uh, uh, I got a phone call from Hulkster and he said, um, hey, Junior, why don't you come in and um, uh, be a tag team? And I thought, well, that's a little different, but uh, as long as I have an opportunity to be the tag team champion, uh, I'll, I'll do it. And right away, I, I got the promise, right? That was the first promise. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, because they told me about Jim Brunzel and I said I knew him, but it was more from magazines and stuff. I didn't know him as a person. And since uh, 
Elkster had worked in the uh, AWA territory and knew Jimmy um, and knowing that him and uh, Greg were an excellent tag team. I've become close to Greg too in between uh, now and then, but uh, knowing that they were an excellent tag team, um, it, it seemed very logical to put us together. And um, we met in Brantford, Ontario in, in I believe 85 and had a, a wonderful run as the bees, you know, as a killer bees. Now everybody knows about your, uh, your mask confusion gimmick uh, with the bees where you, you and Jimmy would put on uh, you know, your masks and interchange within, you know, in the match without anybody else knowing it. I actually have a funny story from a friend of mine who uh, was trained and worked on the indie circuit. He teamed with a guy that was about 350 pounds and as a rib for Halloween, they did the same type thing. They, <laughs> they put on uh, these killer bee masks and tried to do the same thing in and out. And, and obviously there's a huge difference between my buddy who's 210 pounds and his, his, his tag team part of 350. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but as a joke, they did it and the referee, you know, he kept kayfabe alive. He, he acted like he didn't know what was going on. And it was, it was a pretty funny thing. So uh, he told me that the other day. I said, yeah, well, I'm talking to Brian in, in a couple of days. I'll let him know about that. But yeah, they, uh, as a rib, they, they did the mass confusion thing, but that, you know, honestly, when you guys did it, that was a, that was a pretty innovative thing to do. I just wanted to give you a shout out here. Rad Turtles uh, Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you guys uh, keep after it. And uh, I know you've got a lot of people out there listening. And uh, really keep doing what you're doing. I know a lot of people like it. I'm Sean Mooney and I am out. RTW Rewind. I was talking to Bret Hart yesterday for about an hour, and um, you know I love Bret. He's uh, just such a great guy. We've been friends for so long. He's kind of upset about the way they have things in Canada. You know, it's so locked down. It's ridiculous. And here mm-hmm. I'm in Florida, and in Florida we're wide open. Yeah. And um, you know, and actually in Florida, if you take the uh, four strictest states in the union: California, New York, New Jersey, and Michigan. They have um, a million more deaths and a million more cases, um, um, or I'm sorry, 100% more deaths and cases per million people. Yeah. So they're just torturing people for no reason. It's just government control. Yeah, it really is. And then, uh, you know, you look at uh, Cuomo and his, his recent state of the state. Uh, address saying, yeah, you know what? We, we found that lockdowns aren't right and now we need to reopen and, sure, and kickstart the, economy. Look at all the people that have been hurt, all the people that missed elective surgeries, all the yeah. people that missed weddings, funerals, uh, graduations. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Broken hearts. I mean, every crime record statistic kept has doubled. Um, it's, it's a shame, you know, and it's government has gotten out of hand. It has. It, it really has. Uh, I definitely, and I, I mentioned to you that I'm starting a new political podcast here in a couple of weeks. I, I definitely would like to, Can't uh, wait to be on that brother. Yeah. To have, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be wide open on, uh, on that That's one. Another thing I do, I do a radio show, the American adversaries every Friday, which I've done for three years now. It's the number one drive time, prime time show in Orlando. Uh, every Friday it's on AM and, and FM and, um, uh, Chris Hart. That's his show, Christopher Hart. And, um, it's, a full out political show. So anytime, I mean, I don't mind people knowing my views. I mean, I respect everybody's views. My dad's a Democrat. He's one of my best, best, best friends, probably my best friend. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm more of a libertarian than a Republican, but, uh, I think a lot of us are going to lean that way here with the way the GOP has treated all of us. Yeah. The GOP can go take a hike as far as I'm concerned. I'm tired of the turncoats like Pence and yeah. uh, so many others. It's just ridiculous. I agree. Now it's a, a friend of mine brought up a good point today. We were talking about everything that was going on and we we're talking about, you know, possibly, you know, joining a, a, you know, the Patriot party or a different party if one, if one came on, but he brought up a good point to me is, I mean, why don't we just do the same thing that the left did and, and, you know, primary amount, primary, the, 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 the same old guard, the same old GOP out, you know, and then 
take the candidates that you would like to see and make it make a new Republican Party. If the left can do it, then certainly the right can do it. I don't see a third party making any waves here when, you know, the, the GOP and the Democrats are so established, you'll you'll never get over. Yeah, no, I agree, Rob. You just uh, it's up to voters have to start paying attention more. They cannot watch yeah. one news channel. Right. I think that you're going to form an opinion because. It's not. This is the day of fake news. And I don't care. I'll, I'll debate anybody and their brother on it. And I will win. I will guarantee you I will win just by pulling up statistics. 96% of everything said on mainstream media was negative against Trump. And, you know, he's an easy guy not to like. Yeah. But you can't argue with the policy and what it did for our nation. I mean, the wages that grew, the unemployment, everything economically. And, and, you know, I've been an elected politician and nothing works without a robust and viable economy. Nothing. You don't have money for schools. You don't have money for infrastructure. You don't have money for defense. You don't have money for Social Security. You don't have money for anything. So the economy is our number one thing to keep us secure, to keep our schools, to keep our uh, infrastructure, to keep everything. So uh, Trump did such a fabulous job. You would think that they would have uh, reported on this, but no. And then all the things with Hunter Biden, they hit him back. And I'm just so sick of this. Uh, and now we have uh, a, a really a state run news organization. Essentially. Yes. Especially with, Essentially it is. with the censoring of, of, the Republicans and, and President Trump and, yeah, uh, you know, Trump. big tech yeah. is yeah, out of control. Right. They're, they're, look, they shut down parlor. They're taking their, they take, they took away thousands of my uh, followers on Twitter. Thousands. Just, just for a couple of tweets. Mm, that's, that, that, that's ridiculous. And you're right. Americans do need to pay more attention. Uh, you've heard the old quote of, if, if, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's right. Uh, and you know, people have to take a stand and and, and seek out seek out the truth. Uh, and you're right. Don't don't take your uh, don't get your news from the, the so-called news sources. Go out yep. there, look it up. Uh, go use Duck Duck Goose or Duck Duck Go, uh, because Google won't tell you the right things either. So uh, the information's out there. You have to choose whether you want to believe it or not. You got six people that own ninety uh, uh, some percent of the media. And they, <laughs> yeah. they collude and everybody that works for them. Uh, I mean, they collude and they collude also with big tech. And yep. so you've got a few big tech owners and that run the boat. And so let's say you've got nine, 10, maybe you've got a dozen people is all you need to get out, to make sure they're on the same message. And that's how they brainwash the people. And that's what they've done in America. They've brainwashed and it started in our schools long ago. I mean, I, I could. Yeah. Uh, we better talk about uh, the Royal Rumble or whatever you want to talk about <laughs> because I don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, today just uh, really frosted me to see uh, the fact that the American people could not even see the evidence that they have on election fraud should make every party in this nation and every person in this nation PO'd so that we could form our own opinion. But instead, you know, we have... Uh, uh, Justice Roberts, who's as crooked as the day is long, and um, uh, all the rest of the uh, people and the, the, the FBI, the CIA has been weaponized. I mean, it's ludicrous. I would have never thought in America it would come down to two Senate races uh, to determine whether we're going to be socialists or we're going to be regular uh, uh, capitalist Americans uh, abiding 100% by the Constitution. And that, they're just stepping all over it. I'm more upset that there aren't many, you know, Jeffersonian liberals left or, or any any Kennedy Democrats because they should I be love John F. Kennedy. Me too. They should be pissed off at what their party did to them and, and the way they let the leftists take over. Because there's a huge difference between being the Democrat and being a leftist. Oh, 100 percent. The extreme leftists have taken over the, the Democratic Party and. Democrats, unfortunately, as many as I know, God love them. Uh, they they vote blind party lines, and they they there was so much hatred for President Trump that they didn't care about anything that was going on. They just wanted him out of the office. Everything that happened last year was a calculated plan to remove President Trump, right down to the biological weapon that was designed in China to That's take right. over the world and to let hundred percent right to let the world powers find out how much how much control they can have over us. You're a smart man. You're a smart man. I just 
oh god i wish everybody knew what we knew you know it's just shame uh, it is i feel bad i, I do bad for them and i feel bad for our nation yeah i do too and our children especially well i have a two-year-old man so i can't imagine what's going to happen when she gets uh when she gets older so hopefully jesus comes and we're out of here <laughs> you know so yeah i'm ready <laughs> yeah yeah take me now all right let's uh let's switch gears uh back to wrestling a little I don't, I don't know if you ever heard the story from jim ross it was in his first book slobber knocker but as you know he worked for your former father-in-law leroy mcgurk uh and bill watts down in mid-south i remember very well. jim uh was tasked with kind of being leroy's babysitter obviously because leroy was was blind and and bill tasked uh good old jr to uh, drive Leroy around and once a week go to Shreveport. Uh, Jim told a funny story one time about uh, getting in a car with Leroy. And he said, usually in his satchel, he had his El Presidente cigars uh, and he had a pint of whiskey. Uh, well, one time he, uh, during a car ride, he noticed that he also had a, uh, a 44 Magnum uh, in his satchel, uh, which I'm sure you're, you're quite familiar with, with Leroy shooting at you. Um, so Leroy asked Jim when they got down the road, Jim, do you know what we're going to do when we get to Shreveport tonight? Uh, no, sir. He goes, Jim, we're going to kill Ted DiBiase. Uh, and Jim asked, uh, why? Well, apparently, uh, Ted was new there in, in mid South and he had wooed, uh, the daughter of Leroy, your former, your ex-wife, Mike McGurk. And uh, Leroy obviously did not want any of the boys. Uh, going anywhere near his precious daughter. Uh, so Leroy was intent to get there and check into the Alamo Hotel and have Jim sit him down in the chair, put the gun in his hand, point it at the door, invite Ted to come in, tell him that he had some ideas for him. Uh, and as soon as Ted came in, Leroy was going to murder Ted DiBiase. <laughs> have you ever heard that story? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> that cracks me up. Uh, look, Leroy had a great mind for the business from everything that I've heard. And he was a very, very smart man. And obviously him and Bill Watts had two different styles of booking, but each could be considered, you know, wrestling geniuses. Uh, but I just thought that that tickled me pink that he was so dead serious about, about killing Ted DiBiase because he was dating Mike. Uh, was he always that way when you were, uh, when you were around him? Was he, uh, just very, very, I, I don't want to say off kilter, but you know, pretty protective uh, of, of his daughter, obviously. Yes, he was. But, um, you know, after a while, he got to, we got to like each other. And, you know, we had a good relationship uh, at one time. And uh, until I beat up Doug Summers in his office and knocked all his pictures down and all right. that stuff. And somebody stooged. And, uh Boy, he was hot. He was hot enough to shoot me. So <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke. Thank God he was blind, or he, he might have hit you. But uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, that is a. It just it's one of those stories. Yet you know you you'd have to see it to believe it. I mean, it's, it's that is that outlandish that uh, a blind assassin tried tried to murder people that wooed his daughter. So. Uh, or broke her heart. I just, I just, I find that funny. I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time, but obviously you can, you can laugh about it all these years later. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I look back and, you know, I really don't have any regrets. Um, I, I'm grateful. Um, like I said, when you, uh, when you read my book, you'll see, you know, what I've gone through and um uh, it's a hundred percent true stories and um, all verifiable. And I just, uh, uh, that was a chapter of my life that, you know, I, I, I don't regret. It yep. just is what it is. It was just a part of making me into the person that I am now. And we grow up every day. And if you try to learn something every day, you know, you're going to be a better person for that. And so I try to learn something every day. I never forget who my boss is, uh, the man upstairs. And um, I uh, try to practice what I preach. And that's how, that's my MO. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good, you know, 
that's a good line of thinking to have. I mean, and honestly, everything I've heard from anybody I've ever have ever mentioned your name or talked about you, nobody ever had a bad thing to say uh, about you. They always said you treated everybody with respect. You were always dependable. You never no showed. You were always on time. You were professional. You were safe, which is the most important part, especially when you know somebody else is putting their life in your hands in the ring. Oh yeah, um, but nobody ever. Nobody ever had a, a crossword to say about you. And that says a lot about you and your, your character. It's funny you say that, Rob. I just uh, saw a little clip on Twitter. And the only time I've ever heard anybody was, uh, was my good friend, Mick Foley. And there's a clip of that on Twitter. And I, I looked at that and I said, wow, I always wanted to see that. And I never got to see that. And I guess Tom Pritchard got it and uh, tweeted it out there and, um, it was amazing, but um, yeah, there's there's a little story to that, so I don't want to give it away. It's in my book. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you know, I love speaking of Tom Pritchard. I love Doctor Tom. He's such a good guy. Uh, I've I've had a deeper rib on him. Did you really? I was going to ask you about ribs too, so we can we can trans we can transition right into that. <laughs> no, it's in my book. You gotta read it. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. It's amazing to me that turtles have the ability to speak, let alone host wrestling podcasts. I guess that's what makes them rad. RTW Rewind. Well, what were your thoughts of, of, were you in the very first one in 88? The one, yes. the Hacksaw one? Yes, I was. And you were in 89 too, I believe, right? Or were you gone? Uh, you left right I mean, near WrestleMania Five, right? Been in so many things, you know, I can't remember. You know, I know it was a <laughs> right. big event, WrestleMania two, three, yeah. four. I was supposed to go to five, um, and I gave my notice. Uh, you know, right, right before the beginning of the year there, and. Uh, Anyway, it was a wonderful career. You know, I went on the first overseas tour. Um, and even before that, working for uh, WTBS for, for Turner, you know, they were the original ones that took cable TV and branched out. Because I remember we went into the sheet, t- you know, everybody had, I even have papers that uh, Leroy gave me a Halliburton. And I don't know if he knew inside the Halliburton were the NWA notes from their meetings in, um, uh, in Vegas where they had their uh, annual NWA conventions and who was in, in, a t- in attendance, what they talked about, who was going to be the champion. They had to vote on all that stuff. So uh, um, I still have a, a real unique piece of history um, in that. And um so uh anyway that's really neat i'd like to see that one day if i ever uh get down that way to uh because i obviously i told you my dad lives uh right outside of tampa and ruskin so next time i'm down there i definitely like to uh see some of the memorabilia uh that you have um a couple more questions here uh before we wrap it up i know you're busy guys so i won't keep you too much longer but uh i, I did want to ask you did you ever come across any of the promoters or any of the boys that were ever upset with vince mcmahon jr for uh, pretty much buying buying all the territories up and, and putting most of them out of business what did you uh did you ever have a lot of people that were uh, unhappy uh, about that there was a lot of people, especially obviously the promoters. <laughs> yeah. All the promoters. I mean, poor Vern Gagne, you know, I mean, Vince offered him like seven million bucks to buy his territory and give Greg a lifetime contract. And he turned it down and wound up filing, you know, bankruptcy. Uh I mean, it it hurt the boys tremendously, tremendously because if you weren't in the top 20%, 25%, cause you got to, re- there was then I forget how many territories I know somebody has the number and I've heard, but I can't tell you right off the top of my head, but there was dozens and dozens and dozens of territories. And uh, so you could just go work from one territory to another. But then when, you know, Vince took over, it kind of came down to TBS survived and uh, Vince survived. If, if you were in one or the other, you were out of luck. And you were just either waiting around or you found a new occupation. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, there were a hand, like you said, just a, a handful of guys that were able to work for him uh, at some point. But yeah, there's a lot of people that got put out of business and, and lost their livelihood because of that. And unfortunately, Vince took it to an extreme level. I mean, even buying out WCW and, and killing his number one competitor. And I, I've said it for, for many, many years now since it's happened. And I can't believe it's it's been since 2001. It's a, such a long time. 20 years ago, it's it's ridiculous well, he, bought, he bought it and then he sold it back. Well, yeah he bought it in what 80 it cost him a, that cost him an extra million bucks yeah yeah but when when he officially bought out turner's wcw in in 2001 um essentially killing his competition it's never been the same he's been complacent he's he's rested on his laurels it's like he has no no drive to put together a compelling product anymore. It's almost like they're just going through the motions. They know they're the number one game in town. I've stopped watching current wrestling because it's just, it's, it's hard for me to watch. It's not, obviously it's not what I grew up on either, but there's nothing that just captures my attention anymore. And it's just, uh, it's sad. Yeah, no, it's, everything's geared towards video games and towards merchandising is what the yeah. whole deal's about. Yeah, which I mean, he's still making money. So I mean, on his end, oh, absolutely, he, he's doing all right. But our, you know, the fans are suffering uh, because yeah. of it. So no, I, I agree. I mean, it's almost like you got to take a cannon and shoot somebody to. Pin him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, tell me, nobody sells anymore. Uh, I don't. We don't have enough time to even talk about that. Um, let's talk about the Cauliflower Alley uh, Club reunion. You have your fifty-fifth annual reunion, obviously. Uh, in 2020 got canceled, but you're rescheduled for April 25th to the 28th at the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Uh, you looking forward to finally getting it on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am looking so forward to it. I mean, it seems like it's been more than a year, uh, <laughs> especially when you're working every day, you know, involved in it. It's, it's you know, the times even, uh, even drags on. Um, Although, you know, as you get older, life passes by a lot quicker. I, yeah. I still remember, you know, trying to get into a bar with a fake ID. You know, just you know, <laughs> hoping that I'd get older. When, when, when am I going to be 18? You know, so. Um, <laughs> but that's just life. We all do that. You know, you know I just, uh, I, I look back and so many, I, I would love to have what I've seen and done uh, on, on just on one um, thumb drive that I could play back and, and watch. Fortunately, I don't have that. I do have a great memory and, um, which I'm very grateful for is being, you know, having four concussions and yeah, yeah. I, I just had my 15th operation uh, and I had my shoulder operated on, um, about, uh, eight months ago, nine months ago. And, uh, you know, you have 15 operations for the business. Those are all from the business. I've had other operations, uh, you know, broken arms and things that didn't come from the business. But I've had 15 actual operations, uh, four concussions from the business. And it's just um, <laughs> you take that kind of beating. Most people don't. They have no comprehension what um, a guy that's been in the business for five or 10, 15 years goes through. Yeah. I mean, besides all the travel, I mean, just taking the bumps every night. I mean, mm -hmm. people are like, oh, well, they only wrestled 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes a night. But yeah, you tried, you tried falling on your back 15, 20 times on a, on a plywood surface, you know, with a, a small amount of canvas on top of it and see how you feel after one match. So exactly. let, let alone year after year after year. So uh, it takes a special kind of person to do that. Yeah, it does. It's, um, it's uh, uh um you have to have kind of like a, a little bit of gypsy in you i guess <laughs> yeah yeah for sure what's going on everybody my name is vampiro this right here is the rad turtles wrestling podcast tune in get tuned up get informed and enjoy the podcast rtw rewind do you miss the adrenaline rush from being in front of a crab no, because I still get it sometimes, um, you know, going to the signings and mm -hmm. autograph sessions. I mean, they'll be packed. Um, I just wrestled uh, on July 29th, 2019, uh, one week before I had a back, major back surgery. Mm -hmm. I, I barely made it into the ring. I don't even know how I made it into the ring. And, and 
uh, after I took the first fireman's carry and my leg locked, I, I was sitting there and you got to do it quickly. I'm thinking, how am I going to get up? How am I going to get up? I'm in dire pain and I feel like something's going to break. But I, I resorted to like Mexican style, using the right side versus the left side. Mm -hmm. side. So it worked out. And uh, I figured if anything was going to get broken anymore, they could fix it in surgery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, it, it must be a little bit harder when you get older because, you know, you wrestle for years and years and years. And, you know, it's funny as we all get older, we still think we can do the things that we did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, uh, but your you, body says, no, no, not doing it. Can't do it. It's just, it's a hard thing to, to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. No. And um, I, uh, I always think to myself, well, you know, should you really have, you know, worked that late into my career? Um, but again, you know, I don't have any regrets because yeah. when I was in, Iowa uh, at the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2019 and worked that match. You know, it was sold out and uh, promoter, you know, really, really wanted me to work. He said, but please, can you at least go to the ring? Um, wonderful guy. And I, I thought, well, you know, those people, I don't want to let them down. You know, I've been coming here every year and wrestling here every year for the past five years and uh for this event for this one particular event and people wanted to see my retirement match sure. and so i said well i i just i'm here i gotta do it and yeah. uh, you know wesley briscoe and uh, a few of the uh other uh young guys um uh helped me get to the ring helped me up the steps and once i stood up at the top of the steps and the i'm staring into a, a black curtain but i can hear how loud it is on the other side of that curtain and you know i just looked up above and i said lord please give me the strength through this match and i said let's go worst i said amen and i said let's go and they helped me ride all the way up until the curtain and i jerked the curtain open and <laughs> this big pop and the adrenaline started flowing and so it just happened that's great, man. Yeah, adrenaline is a heck of a thing uh, when it's running. It'll get it'll get you through a lot of things. And you know, I, I read Roddy Piper's book. Uh, God bless him. He was such a great guy oh, too. Oh, I had so uh, much. Fun. Uh, but he said, you know, it's almost like a sickness. You know that wrestling gets in your blood, and it's hard for the for the boys to get away from it. It's just, it, it's just, it's an addiction to to a lot of people. It's like a you know, adrenaline uh, and endorphins is is a pretty good drug. You know, and, and riding on that high. Uh, it just it's something yet when I mean, it's gone you miss it you know and you know steve austin said it probably took a good two years you know to get out of his system uh to where he didn't miss it but. yeah oh. get a little dark outside yeah <laughs> yeah um roddy was right um roddy used to call me patches um <laughs> i was telling him about one time we were we were on the road and I don't know. We were somewhere up in New York and um, I was, he asked me about my life growing up. So I, I was born in Gary, Indiana, which is a very tough, tough city to be raised in. And um, it's kind of funny, you know, most of the people around me were black and I didn't know the difference between black and white. Really. We were just all people that yeah. Italians, uh, some Italians. There was a, one white guy down the street, Billy Kapinski, who was a Polish guy. And of course, everybody was identified kind of ethnic, ethnically, but um, it was done on a respect level, not on a uh, demeanor level. And we all got along, even though there was lots and lots of fights and the older guys didn't want to hang around them because so many of them were into crime already. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we moved to Florida when I was uh, 10 and a half years old. And, um, and that was probably <laughs> one of the best things, the decisions that my parents ever made. And um, uh, it, it was it was a it was a good move. And um, I still went through a lot of difficult things when I got here. And uh, again, you know, I 
talk about it in my autobiography and um you know it's um I can't believe that we've went we went from that kind of everybody getting along to such a oh you're a racist or you're a racist or yeah. you're a homophobe or you're this or you're that when they don't even and those people will judge somebody by whether they have a D or an R after their name or yeah. what color their skin is or you're you must be a racist because you're white and it's such BS that it just frosts my butt uh, but you know I don't let it anger me inside because if you worry too much you're just uh you know it's not worth it and life's too short as it is so you have to take each day and appreciate it each day it's like my uncle jimmy my dad's brother um god bless him he uh he used to always tell me he'd say you know be what you really need to do as you get older you'll learn this he said you need to plan as if you're going to live forever and i'm listening he goes but you need to live as if you're going to die tomorrow. Mm. And I heard that and it makes so much sense. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, treat people, it's a cliche, but always treat people the way you would want to be treated. And that's just, it's something that's been lost now, especially with social media and, and, uh, you know, people not being afraid to just type out whatever they want and have no repercussions at all and probably wouldn't say it to either of our faces or anybody else's. And then, the, uh, you know, the keyboard warriors. Right. And the same people that they profess to believe in God and God's number one commandment is to love your neighbor yeah. as itself. And so, uh, you know, I've always believed that. I've always had faith all my life. I mean, some strange things happened to me when I was younger. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I've, I've, I've had faith since a very, very early age, but until really, I really started having really deep conversations with Doris Atkinson, uh, the Von Erich's mother, yeah. uh, Miss Atkinson. She really, really got me into the gospel itself and the words and the meaning and the faith and feeling it and realizing that God is in you and you are in God. And you know, what goes around comes around and to be a, a good person and everything's not going to happen good in your life. And you have to deal with uh, whatever comes your way, whether it's bad, good, or, or gloriful. You just deal with it and walk humbly and um, uh, be kind and uh, do the best you can. If you see somebody that needs a hand, give them a hand. And, you know, all that kind of parlayed into um, making me, understand people and when you understand people it's easier to understand the psychology of wrestling because wrestling is a psychology where you have to listen to the people now today's wrestling that's how i was brought up so the match that you you know they might be buying a headlock in tampa and holds or chain wrestling and then you may have to go to uh toledo and you know have to really you know start the uh the, they want to see blood and guts fists fury you know yeah. they want to see the bumps and so everybody doesn't buy it can be the exact same two opponents and bret hart and i were just talking about that it could be the exact same two opponents in two different cities and one city is going to buy it and the other city's not and you have to be smart enough to be able to adjust on the fly and today there's such there i think the guys are better athletes there's yeah. some bigger and better athletes, highly skilled. I, I love them all. You know, I appreciate them all, but, and it's not their fault. And they're just tuned into that. You know, they're told what to do, the scripted stuff. This is the way they're going to do it. So you're going to go to Tampa and see, see the same matches you do in Toledo, whether you like it or not. Yeah. If you're buying it, you're buying it. If you're not, you're not. I did my job. Yeah, no, you're right about that. It's like, you know, what, what used to work in Greensboro may not work in Madison Square Garden in New York or, or Philly or some of the tougher New England crowds, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's something I never really thought about. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty cool thing. I, I never knew that. Uh, you mentioned Mrs. Atkinson. I actually had uh, Ross and, uh, and Marshall Von Eric on the show mm -hmm. a few months ago. God, they are fantastic with tremendous heads on their shoulders. Those guys are young, but, man, they are just age beyond their years they're just they're so smart and so humble and and men of the lord just like their dad kevin and uh i, I love those guys okay. so much like yeah. their mom pam and like their grandparents i mean they're 
wonderful people. They have wonderful kids. I mean, I've played with them all in Hawaii and yeah. ah, just a, a great family. And, you know, David and I were so close. I mean, yeah, you live with them, right? For a year and a half. Yeah. And, um, so I, they treated me just like I was their family. It was right after I was divorced, um, you know, for my first marriage. And I came straight from Tulsa to, to David's house. And that was a surprise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, gosh, there's some interesting stuff that you'll read eventually. Those guys were over like nobody else. Oh, uh, I tell it, you what, Rob, they were over big time. <laughs> big time. Well, uh, I appreciate you being here. Uh, very much be Thank it's you. always it's always good to talk to you i know we text every now and then but uh, i'm horrible at keeping in touch but uh i'll, I'll definitely have to, to try that and uh and, and talk to you more because i do I, I i enjoy talking to you you're uh you're a national treasure uh you really are I, i'm so glad that uh you still have a, you, your wits about you uh and you're able to recall all these great memories and stories and uh hopefully you you don't ever lose that because uh as you know, it's, uh, it could be gone in a minute. So I, I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Rob. And thank you to your audience. And uh, I appreciate you giving me the time and uh, God bless you and your audience. And let's hope for better days ahead. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening to this episode. You can follow RTW on Twitter at Rad Turtles Pod. And you can email the show at RadTurtlesWrestling at gmail.com. We appreciate all of your support. You've been listening to RTW Rewind. Hey guys, Rad Rob, Rob Francois here from the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast and RTW Rewind. I'm here to announce a special event the week of the Royal Rumble 2021 from January 25th leading up until the Rumble on the 31st. It is the second annual Rad Rumble Week. Seven days of unique content for your listening pleasure. Monday, we're going to kick it off in style. The Aussie guy, Dean Galloway, will be joining me and we'll be watching the 1999 Royal Rumble match. Tuesday, will be an interview with former WWF wrestler, from the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair. Wednesday will be my conversation with former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. Thursday will be my flagship show, the Rad Turtle Wrestling Podcast, with Grappler 6 and The Ocho. Friday, I'll have a special interview with the founder of WrestleLife and former professional wrestler Bob Evans. Saturday will be our Royal Rumble retrospective roundtable with personalities from the Hameen Media Group. RBV, MSG, and Jargo will be joining me to talk about our favorite Royal Rumble matches and moments, and you never know who may just make a surprise appearance. Sunday, we're going to close up the week with our Royal Rumble 2021 post-game wrap-up show. I'll be on to break down everything that we witnessed at this year's Royal Rumble. So that's seven days of unique content. You can subscribe to the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. And you can also check out the festivities on the affiliate channel, the Hameen Media Group. It's time for the rumble. It's time for the rad rumble.